Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1 West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin announced on X, formerly known as Twitter, that he won't seek re-election in the upcoming 2024 elections. Manchin said that he joined politics to serve the public and be a common-sense voice for the Mountain State. But he just doesn't see the path for him as a Democrat on the ballot in West Virginia right now. Manchin's decision leaves a key Senate seat available to be flipped to the GOP as West Virginia is becoming a deep red state. While Republicans are crowing over the, about the increased likelihood of flipping Manchin's Senate seat in 2024 and by extension control of the chamber, some Democrats warn that it's just too early for the GOP to celebrate, as a lot can happen before the 2024 election. Manchin also spoke about plans to travel the country to, quote, gauge interest in spreading a movement of bringing Americans together, which some observers equated to a potential independent presidential bid. Former President Donald Trump summarily responded to Manchin's apparent retirement on his Truth Social platform, appearing to link his own endorsement of Governor Jim Justice's Republican Senate bid as a reason for Manchin to bow out. Trump said Justice has a, quote, commanding lead over Manchin, though the governor also faces a primary challenge from conservative representative Alex Mooney. However, some Democratic observers cited recent Republican losses in the off-year elections this week, saying the GOP has developed the habit of celebrating sure things that turn out to be failures. Manchin has rankled top Democrats over the years, more recently splitting with the left-wing party establishment on energy issues, though he did forge a deal to help pass the Green Energy Heavy Inflation Reduction Act. As early as 1996, Manchin was angering his own party after he lost the gubernatorial primary. Instead of endorsing party nominee Charlotte Pritt, he threw his support behind the eventual winner, Republican Cecil Underwood, claiming Pritt was uninterested in moderate policies. Manchin recently backed the Republican House incumbent, former Representative David McKinley from West Virginia, in a 2022 primary after census redistricting cost the state a House seat. McKinley was ultimately defeated in the race for the merged district. Number 2 The honest reporting media watchdog published a shocking investigation on Wednesday, November 8th, outlining how photographers working for the New York Times Associated Press, CNN, and Reuters were embedded with brutal Hamas terrorists from the first moments of the October 7th attack and photographed atrocities including the lynching of an IDF soldier's body and abductions. One graphic Reuters photo which shows the lynching of an IDF soldier's body was actually chosen as one of their quote, images of the day. Honest reporting reports that on October 7th, Hamas terrorists were not the only ones who documented the war crimes they had committed during their deadly rampage across southern Israel. Some of their atrocities were captured by Gaza-based photojournalists working for the Associated Press and Reuters news agencies, whose early morning presence at the breached border area raises serious ethical questions. What were they doing there so early on what would ordinarily have been a quiet Saturday morning? Was it coordinated with Hamas? Did the respectable wire, so wire services which published their photos approve of their presence inside enemy territory together with the terrorist infiltrators? Did the photojournalists who freelance for other media, like CNN and the New York Times, notify these outlets? Judging from the pictures of lynching, kidnapping, and storming of an Israeli kibbutz 
It seems like the border has been, bre has been breached, not only physically, but also journalistically. Four names appear on AP's photo credits from the Israel-Gaza border area on October 7th. Hassan Eslaya, Yusuf Masoud, Ali Mahmoud, and Hatem Ali. Eslaya, a freelancer who also works for CNN, crossed into Israel, took photos of a burning Israeli tank, and then captured infiltrators entering Kibbutz Kfar Aza. On Thursday, November 9th, the Israeli government's press office published a statement on X accusing the four photojournalists of crossing, quote, every professional and moral red line for breaking through the border fence into Israel with the terrorists, filming the murder of civilians, the abuse of bodies, and the abduction of men, women, and children. The office of Israeli, Pri Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu went further, went further over the question of whether reporters should have chronicled the crimes rather than trying to stop them saying that the journalists were, quote, accomplices in crimes against humanity. Israeli centrist leader Benny Gantz, a member of Netanyahu's emergency war cabinet, said journalists who were on the scene of the massacre, but, quote, still chose to stand as idle bystanders while children were slaughtered, are no different than terrorists and should be treated as such. Number three. More American troops have been injured at U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria as rocket and drone attacks by terrorist groups continue. This is coming from the Pentagon, who reported this on Thursday, November 9th. Terrorist groups aligned with Iran have targeted U.S. bases in the two countries dozens of times since mid-October after Hamas's attack on Israel, said Pentagon officials. The strikes have caused no serious injuries to American personnel, though the number of troops hurt has increased in recent days. Pentagon spokeswoman Sabrina Singh told reporters that there have been 46 separate attacks to date, 24 in Iraq and 22 in Syria, where troops have been stationed as part of the military's campaign to defeat the Islamic State group. That is up from the 38 attacks reported earlier this week. The attacks have injured at least 56 U.S. personnel at the bases, Singh said, an increase from the 46 reported on Monday, November, November 6th. The injuries range from head injuries to more minor ailments such as twisted ankles and perforated eardrums. Pentagon officials have said that the casualty figures often fluctuate because not all injuries are immediately apparent, and sometimes it takes days for service members to notice symptoms. Three of the injuries occurred in the last 24 hours, Singh said. Since the attacks began a few weeks ago, the United States has retaliated with two airstrikes in Syria. The first occurred October 26th, and the second happened on Wednesday, November 8th. Quote, this action is aimed at disrupting and degrading the capabilities of groups directly responsible for attacking U.S. forces in the region, a senior defense official said of the most recent strike. By specifically targeting Iran-associated facilities, we seek to convey a clear message to Iran that we hold it accountable for the attacks on U.S. forces, and we expect Iran to take measures to direct its proxies to stop. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio and have a great day.